Ritter redeems himself. Let's get it for today's rapid reaction. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. And guys, we thank each and every one of you that makes this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers. If you don't know me, of course, I'm Aaron Freeman, your very humble host, right? They call me Sirius Black. They call me Mr. Holier Than Thou. They call me Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can become my friend by becoming an everydayer. And all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. But today I'm not Mr. Drew. You know, today I'm not negative Nancy, I'm positive Pete, right? Because, you know, the Falcons get a big, much-needed win over the Houston Texans with a fourth-quarter game-winning drive and walk-off field goal from Young Wiku, the game-winning drive from Desmond Ritter. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, right? I said this on the Discord. I said this to the folks in the subtext. After the defense gave up that touchdown to give Houston the go-ahead lead, 19-18 with less than two minutes to go in the game, I did not have confidence that the offense was going to go down the field and score and, and get this win, not after the last two weeks. And it wasn't as if like the offense had played poorly on this Sunday or Ritter had played poorly in particular. But, you know, with that situation and, and needing to kind of put the entire game on him to go out there and win you the game, I, I wasn't confident that the fourth quarter Ritter that we hadn't seen for two weeks was going to show up again. But he absolutely did. Ritter did finish this game with a, a really nice stat line, 329 yards passing, 37 pass attempts, so probably a little bit more than we thought going into the game. Two touchdowns, including a passing and rushing touchdown. And, you know, on that final drive, he comes out and he's checking the ball down to Bijan Robinson. He's hitting Drake London on a quick hitch. He then scrambles for five yards, then another hitch to Drake London. Then, you know, the Falcons are at midfield already within like 30 seconds. Another quick pass to Kyle Pitts and you're you know now like I'm under a minute to go and I'm not mad at all at the dinking and dunking because it seemed to get Ritter into rhythm the Texans were basically like we're going to give you five yards each and every down and the Falcons were taking it right and so now Ritter's starting to feel himself you know and then we we run what looked like to be a dagger concept from my eyes you know you run the dig you run the vertical you hit Drake London for 23 yards, boom, the Falcons are in field goal range. And then they sort of run the ball to Tyler Algier. They kneel down twice, get Houston to burn all their timeouts. They run it down to two seconds. Young Way Koo trots it out there on the field goal. And Koo is money. But, like, you know, the announcer was – the broadcast team was talking about, oh, yeah, Koo hits all these things. And I'm like, oh, you're jinxing it. But then Young Way Koo does Young Way Koo things and hits the 37-yard walk-off game winner. And, you know, it felt like Matt Ryan all over again. Not saying Desmond Ritter's – on the level of prime Matt Ryan, but this was what a young Matt Ryan was doing consistently at home in the Georgia Dome. Ritter starting to do this at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, getting that home field advantage. That Matt Ryan special was, hey, it wasn't going down the field 75 yards and scoring a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It was going down the field 50 yards 
and setting up money Matt Bryant for a game-winning field goal. And Matt Ryan did that a ton of times throughout his first early years of his career. And now we're seeing Desmond Ritter do that with Young Way Coop, right? And hopefully this is one of many that we'll see um, to come for the years to come here in uh, Atlanta. And so, like, again, it was a lot of a lot of checkdowns, a lot of taking what the defense is giving you. And, like, this is this is the Desmond Ritter I've been wanting to see. Don't be a hero, right? Right. The Falcons have guys that can make plays and just go out and let them make plays. Right. You know, and like the Falcons were Desmond Ritter was out there being a point guard. That That's where the Matt Ryan comparison comes from. Right. A young Matt Ryan. Again, not saying Desmond Ritter is going to is as good as prime Matt Ryan or, or on that track. We, we got a long way to come, a long way to go before we get to that point. But distributing the football, 10 different players caught passes today. Technically, it was 11 because Tyler Algier also caught a pass on the two point conversion. Right. And so, like, that's the type of offense I want to see. Right. You know, what what was the thing I always say, guys? Like, you don't get too high off of wins. You don't get too low off of losses. I'm not going to sit here and, like, crow and be like, oh, Desmond Ritter proved all the haters wrong or anything like that. He didn't do that. Right. He went out there and played his game. Right. You know, like, I'm not here to win arguments. I'm here to analyze the Atlanta Falcons. And I certainly am known to be petty, but usually it only comes when, you know, people are like, Aaron, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, now, now it's personal. But, like the point is, like this is the type of performance that I wanted to see from Desmond. Ritter. This is the type of performance that after the four starts last year that I thought we would see from Desmond Ritter consistently, and we didn't really get that outside of a, a drive here, a quarter here, or whatever, in the first four games. And then today, he finally kind of put it all together. And so we talked about this, you know, going into the season in the last couple of weeks, right? Talked about when it takes a couple of weeks for this offense to start clicking. Right, it took Mariota like his third game in Seattle on the road before he started clicking. It took Matt Ryan his fourth game in the London game overseas against the Jets in this offense. And, and hopefully, hopefully, we can sit here and say, okay, it took Desmond Ritter five games, a little bit longer. It's understandable he's young, right? It was a little bit more up and down than it was with some of those other guys in the first four games. But hopefully, this is now Desmond Ritter clicking, right? And it doesn't mean that Desmond Ritter's gonna have like he's gonna be lights out from here on out. He'll probably have a couple of other you know, bad games the rest of the season. But the hope is that he can start to stack some good performances and we can really start to build something. And suddenly, like, this is the floor now, right? You know, again, not saying that there won't be other bad games, but, like, this is going to be, like, we can expect this Desmond Ritter to show up more often than not. And if that's the case, then that's going to be a situation where the Falcons, especially if the rest of the team does the things that they were doing today, especially on defense, we'll talk about that more later, you know, that those are games that the Falcons are going to be able to win, right? So no longer we're having the conversations about the outside quarterback that's going to come in and fix it, whether that's Taylor Heineke, whether that's making a trade for Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields or whoever people, or looking towards the draft, oh, Drake May and Michael Penix or whoever is going to come in and fix it. Like, that's what it's never been about, guys. Like, y'all are focused on the wrong thing. It's always been about, you know, can this regime, Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter, dig themselves out of the hole? As I said previously on a previous episode this week, it's, it's not a deep hole. It's like ankle deep. But you got to dig yourself out of this hole and get the season back on track because there isn't going to be some outside savior that's going to come and save the Atlanta Falcons, guys. It's really about can they get the season back on track? Can internally they turn this thing around? And they did that today. And hopefully they can keep doing that and keep building off of this. And this is going to give them that shot in the arm. Then they weren't perfect on Sunday, but they don't need to be perfect. They just need to be good enough 
to come away with the W, and that's exactly what they were. So we'll talk a little bit later about some of the adjustments that Arthur Smith made that seemingly kind of sparked this improved offensive play, but we got to talk about the defense, right? Because there's no no chance that they win this game without the defense doing the things that they did on, on, on this Sunday and, and putting, you know, putting, you know, C.J. Stroud in lockdown, right? He, he ain't going to Magic City tonight, I'll tell you that, right? I don't know. (laughs) They locked him down. So we'll talk about that, guys, as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. So, guys, you got to snap back into the NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose just by putting $5 out there. And if you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, Again, now is the perfect time to get in on the action. It's an app that's super easy to use. You get paid quickly, right? You can bet on so many things, props, you know, spreads, over-unders, so much more. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer is by, by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on to snap back into the NFL action this season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So, guys, before we talk about the defense stepping up, I do want to let you guys know about the Locked On NFL Kickoff Live, right? My two co-hosts on the Locked On Falcons postcast that we did earlier this afternoon to get our thoughts on, on this game. You know, Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, they are also on that kickoff live show every Friday alongside Kyle Krabs to get you geared up for each slate of games every single weekend. It's Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern across the entire Locked On network. You don't even have to do anything, guys. All you got to do is stay subscribed to Locked On Falcons or any Locked On NFL channel, and you will get that live Friday, 2 p.m. on Locked On NFL. So let's talk about the defense step now. Now, again, we'll focus a lot on the, the end of the game where the defense kind of let us down, right, with the go-ahead score, right? You know, they give up that fourth-quarter touchdown, gives Houston the go-ahead score, 19-18, to Right with two less than two minutes ago, and of course, you know, I'm I'm in my feelings in the Discord and on the subtext. Right, um, you know what was troubling about that particular drive? It, it wasn't really even C.J. Stroud that was engineering it. Now he finished it, but you know, with a with a touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz. But it was mostly Damian Pierce. Right, it was the fact that their run defense kind of let them down after the run defense has been playing so lights out really since that Week One game. They've been one of I think their top five run defense, you know, including that Week One game, and. You know, it was basically the Texans offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, basically saying, you know, with seven minutes ago, you're like, we're just going to run the football. We're going to bleed clock and we're going to move the ball down the field and we're going to score. And that's going to minimize the amount of time that your young quarterback, Desmond Ritter, is going to have a chance to, to lead the Falcons on a, on a game, you know, winning sort of drive. And it basically worked. That strategy basically worked. Right. Um, you know, and what was tough about it is like some of your best players kind of gave up the key plays when the Texans did pass on that, Jesse Bates of all people gave up the go ahead score, right? He got, he bit on a double move to Dalton Schultz and Stroud threw it over his head for an 18 yard touchdown. Two players prior to that, AJ Terrell got beat on a crosser by Robert Woods that, that put Houston in the red zone. And so, you know, the Falcons best defenders in their secondary kind of let them down late in the game. But overall, that's the only black mark on this game from the Falcons defense, right? That's, that's the only negative I can say, Hey, the run defense, gave up a little bit and and your two best players, you know, that have rarely gotten beat this game, this season, you know, got beat on that drive. It happens, right? So it's not the end of the world. But prior to that, for 53 minutes, guys, this defense was lights out, lights out, 
right? The Falcons turned the ball over twice in the third quarter. Bijan fumble, a Janu Smith fumble on back-to-back drives. It was the, the same old third quarter woes for the Falcons. You know, that's that was also reminding me of, of the old team, you know, with Matt Ryan and stuff, when third quarter just stink. It was like, once the third quarter stopped, it was like, oh, and the Falcons scored, and it was like, oh, okay, like, there was some some, some evil in the air in the third quarter uh, in Mercedes-Benz. But prior, prior, for the first 53 minutes, right, you know, and, and the Falcons gave all those turnaways, gave Houston favorable field position on both of those drives. Houston only came away with three points on one of those drives. They stopped them on the other one. There was a couple other drives where Houston got favorable field position to start. Like the first drive of the game, Bradley Pinion didn't have a great punt. And Houston basically started that drive in Atlanta territory. They only came away with three points on that drive. And then there was a couple other drives where they got, you know, favorable field position starting beyond their 30 and wound up with punts. Right now, when you look at turnovers, right on average in the NFL, if you turn the ball over, the opposing team is going to get three and a half points off of those turnovers on average. Right. And so with two turnovers, you're expecting the Falcons give up seven points. Right. They only give up three. Right. The, the, The third down defense was lights out until that final drive when Houston converted two third downs. They were two for 11 on third downs up until that final drive when Damian Pierce seemingly was just chipping away slowly. He only had 39 yards and 13 carries. So they had shut him down for those first 53 minutes, right? They gave up a couple of explosives in the first half, but they didn't really give up any points. You know, we talk about all the time, explosive plays lead to points, explosive plays lead to points. They gave up a couple of field goals, but that's it. No touchdowns. Houston was one of three in the red zone. And so I'm looking forward to watching the film of this game to see exactly what Ryan Nielsen was doing in those first 53 minutes to shut down C.J. Stroud in this red-hot Texans offense. You look at the last three games, Stroud was averaging over 320 yards passing, six touchdowns combined in the last three games, 110 quarterback rating in the last three games combined, 9.1 yards per attempt combined in the last three games. Today, 249 yards. One touchdown, 89 passer rating, 7.1 yards per attempt. Again, not a horrible game by any means, but far below what he had been doing the last couple of weeks against some really good defense, Pittsburgh, right? We we saw Jacksonville's defense look pretty good, keeping the Bills in check in London, keeping us in check, you know? He was carving up those defense. So I'm imagining, you know, locked on Texans talking about the, the points that were left on the board, right? L- points that were left on the field. Because even if the defense had given up more points, even if the defense had given up 24 points, 27 points, given the turnovers, given the stagnancy of the offense in the second and third quarters, I wouldn't even be mad at the defense. I'd have been like, that's normal. Like against this type of offense that is cooking in the ways that they've been cooking, the expectation is that they would give up that many points to this team. And the fact that they were able to hold them to under 20 points and to hold CJ Stroud, you know, under 300 yards and all that stuff. You know, you'll love to see it, right? We talk about get right games. When when teams play the Falcons, they have their get right game. But it feels like when teams play this defense, it's their get wrong game, right? The get right game is, hey, you're on a slump, right? You're on a slump and you play the Falcons and you break the slump. Now it's like, okay, you're on a hot streak. You're on a hot streak. And then you play the Falcons and you go into a slump. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a wonderful feeling with this defense to show up five weeks in a row. Again, I don't, I don't know if they can do it for 17 games in a row and hopefully, you know, 18, 19, 20 or more games, you know, but the fact that they've done it now five weeks in a row and then theoretically, theoretically, 
you're supposed to get better as the season wears on defensively. As this unit is still new, new DC, new players, they still haven't fully gelled yet. So those are the things that I'm looking forward to seeing if this defense can continue, right? They're stacking days. They're stacking games. And let's see if they can continue to do that. So very proud of the defense. We'll wrap up today's off, uh, today's episode talking about some of the offensive adjustments and Arthur Smith seemingly, seemingly becoming an everydayer of this podcast because he started to install a couple of things that you've heard me talk about over the last week or two about things I would do to change up the offense. And we'll break that down, guys, as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. So we know the Falcons' success depends on hiring the right team to put around their young quarterback. And it's the same is true for your small business, you know, for your goals in 2023. And it's easier for you because all you got to do is go to LinkedIn Jobs, right, where you can be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They're going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They got simple tools like screening questions that are going to make it easier for you to focus on the candidates with the right skills, values, and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So I liked the way the offense played, right? The second series of the game, the first series is like, oh, okay, same old Falcons. Always starting slow. Second series, it's like, okay, Arthur Smith's like, all right, that didn't work. Let's try something new. And to me, they were doing some of the things that you heard me talk about. And, you know, they got their first, like, what, first quarter touchdown of the season, right? Feels like, the, the you know, they, they spread the field, right? That was the main thing that I took away from that. Going with a lot more three wide receiver sets. Right, they have a quick little rollout to Janu Smith. He gets 13 yards after the catch. Again, get the ball into the hands of your playmaker, Janu and Bijan are, are the two most reliable yak guys on this offense. Hopefully, we'll get CP more involved because we know he can do some things after the catch as well. Um, and we can install that into the offense. Right. Then you run a shovel pass, guys. A shovel pass to Scotty Miller. It's the most beautiful three-yard gain I have ever seen because now you're getting you know, this defense thinking about lateral stuff. You're using your speed. Like, again, we, we're not seeing Scotty Miller take deep shots. He's the fastest guy on the team. We're not seeing them take deep shots with him. But they're now being like, use the lateral. If you're not going to take deep shots, that's this is my thing, right? Like, I don't know if you're going to take deep shots with Scotty Miller. You know, I don't know if Arthur Smith's going to, it's about that life, right? But if you're not going to use him as a vertical threat, get him horizontal. Let him use that speed to get defenses to spread the field. And it worked. And they did a, a couple of times in this game. And again, there weren't huge gains, but it's just giving that defense according a little bit more. Now all that motion that you're starting to do with Scotty Miller is going, teams are going, to, okay, they might give him the football. Those are things I want to see. Right after the Scotty Miller shovel pass, you run a reverse to Drake London. And Drake London, instead of taking the tackle for loss with the penetration on, on, the, on the backside, he throws like a left-handed pass. I don't know if Drake London's left-handed or not. To John o. Smith, he catches it. He runs for 22 yards. You get an explosive play off of seemingly a busted play. right? I don't know if that was the design of the play, but it worked. right? But again, it's that lateral horizontal stretch that they're doing. Again, if, if, we, can't, if we can't make teams pay vertically, let's stretch them horizontally. We got speed. We got the outside zone scheme and whatnot. Then you get Bijan in, involved, 13-yard run. Two plays later, you hit Kyle Pitts on an out for 16 yards. And then Ritter caps it off on a quarterback keeper, seven yards. Right. We know Ritter is not this. 
He's not Anthony Richardson. He's not Justin Fields. He's not, you know, Jalen Hurts in terms of his usage as a runner, right? You're, he's not going to be a weapon as a runner, but he can be a factor as a runner. And so it's nice to see Arthur Smith utilizing that in the red zone, get him involved, get again, it's getting defenses thinking about multiple things. Let's open up this offense. And again, we got 10, 11 different players touching the football in this game. If we're not going to stretch teams vertically, let's stretch them horizontally. Let's use some of this speed. And I like seeing that, right? I like seeing this team running out of three wide receiver sets, right? Because what it does, it softens the box. Teams play nickel and you put six defenders in the box. And it seemed like, again, we'll see what the film says, but it seemed like when they did that, they were very effective running the football. And when they weren't doing that, when they were doing that condensed stuff, when they were putting tight ends in line and whatnot, it seemed like that's when the run game sort of stalled out because the Texans were just like, okay, we're going to put bodies in the middle of the field. We're going to stack the box and we're going to attack downhill because we're not afraid of your tight ends, right? You know, some of these tight ends as pass catchers, Kyle Pitts had a, had a day. Drake London had a great fourth quarter, right? So it's not to say, and, and John Smith made plays too. Those were the, that was a three headed monster in the passing attack. But the problem is, right, when you go in line and you put, especially Michael Pruitt, and the Discord saw me complain about Michael Pruitt all day long, the subtext, the same. I'm just like, when you put Michael Pruitt out there, and, and thank goodness Michael Pruitt made that play at the beginning of the fourth quarter on a 22-yard catch and run, because, boy, man, it was not pretty. It, I, was, I was joking with the Discord. Like, every time Michael Pruitt goes on the field, bad stuff happened. Bad stuff happened, because it just makes it so easy for defense. Like, if you go in line, right, Kyle Pitts is not an inline blocker. John Smith is not a great inline blocker. Right. Michael Pruitt has not been a good inline blocker. It was fine last year with my my beautiful baby boy, Parker Hesse, because you could run that outside zone stuff because you were getting that tight end blocking on the edge. But you're not getting that anymore. And so when you're running all this inline tight end stuff with these heavy personnel packages, Keith Smith, you're fine. I'm not talking about you. You're doing great. Love you, my guy. But you're you. They're not winning and they're getting blown up in the backfield and teams are just attacking. And then when you try to run like play action. And, and passing concepts, especially with Michael Pruitt on the field as an inline tight end, like he's not bringing anything as a pass catcher. You're playing 10 on 11 at the, but again, he, he, he made a play. He made a, a necessary play. So I will get off Michael Pruitt's back for a week. I, I still think you need to dial him back in the offense, a, a huge means, but like, you know, I'll complain about that next week. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I feel like the Falcons were trying to open things up and that was a big reason why this offense looked a little bit better this Sunday than they had in previous Sundays. And so I hope to see more of that, more of this horizontal stretch, more of this three wide receiver sets. And again, you can play your, your two tight ends. I know Arthur Smith's not going to bet in Kyle Pitts and, and Jonathan Smith. I'm not saying he should, but split those guys out wide. They're not doing anything in line is basically what I'm saying. Like they're not bringing anything to the table in line, right? Like if, if you want to run a little rollout to John, like we did a couple of times and let him cook after the catch. Okay, great. I don't, I don't You can sprinkle that in the game. But, like, that's about it, man. That's about it. Like, they're not bringing anything as run blockers in line. So spread those guys out. Let them get out on the perimeter and use their size with Matt Collins and Drake London on the perimeter in space to block some of these backs and create these creases for Bijan and, and Algier and all that stuff. So hopefully we get to see more of this. So looking forward to watching the film to sort of see more of this and, and some of the other creative ways that they were able to do this. So hopefully this game is not a one-off, guys. Hopefully this is a foundational win. 
right? That at the end of the season, we look back and say, you know what? Things really turned around for the Falcons in that week five win over the Houston Texans. And that was the sort of key moment that kind of sparked this Falcon team starting to live up to the potential that we all thought they had. Again, as I said, the reason why I was buying into Desmond Ritter is because the today's performance was like, this is what I thought would be his kind of baseline. This was, I thought would be what we would consistently see. And hopefully that is what we consistently see from here on out that we look back and say, Oh yeah. Like, you know, there was like six or seven bad games from Desmond Ritter and four of them came in, you know, and, and most of them came in the first month of the season. And then after that point, you just consistently got solid play. Again, you don't you don't have to put the team on your back, my guy. Just go out there and manage the game. And that's what he did today. And the defense, keep doing what you're doing. And, and again, we're going to be in a position. Again, my, I got to get my prescription renewed on my heart medicine medicine because the palpitations are back. Because, again, Falcons are falconing. It's like, okay, fourth quarter Falcons. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, God. Defense, oh, defense, give me a stop. Oh, no, defense didn't give us a Oh, here we go. The offense got to score. Oh, God. Oh, they did it. They did it. Oh, my God. Oh, please don't miss this kick. You know, the heart palpitations were back. But, look, you know, been a Falcon fan for a long time. You know, I, I should be used to it. I'm not. But it was nice, you know, it was nice to see this team back. So it's a long season. We got another home game next week against Washington. I know they're coming off a very tough loss to the Bears. The weird thing about Washington this year is in odd weeks, they're very bad. And even weeks, they tend to be very good, at least their offense. right? I think they've dropped 30 burgers in each of the last two even games, week four against Philadelphia, week two against Denver. So, you know, they're due for a 30 burger based off of that pattern. So we'll see if this defense can have another get wrong game for Sam Howell and the rest of those guys. But I thought this Houston matchup was a more favorable matchup for the Falcons just because of the personnel. Right. And we saw the Falcons take care of business and we'll see. Hopefully this will springboard them into another tough matchup because, again, Washington plays a similar brand of football. They want to pound the rock with Brian Robinson and they want to beat you up on the line of scrimmage. And they were able to out Falcon the Falcon in last year's loss, uh, you know, late in the season um, as part of the you know downward spiral for Marcus Mariota. Um and so hopefully, hopefully it doesn't just simply become a smash mouth football game. And we, we see more of this style of let's, let's spread you out. Let's, you know, again, not calling it finesse, but I'm just sitting here going like, you know, let's be a different kind of physical football team that, you know, spreads teams out and, and let's be physical that way, as opposed to let's condense these things. So we'll see about that, guys. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in for another rapid reaction. We got another long season ahead of us, but it is nice to to have a Falcons win and and, and not be <laughs> talking about trading quarterbacks or firing coaches and tanking and all that stuff. It's nice to get this thing back on track. Uh, so enjoy it. Enjoy it by all means. We got another one coming. We'll be back with more here on Locked on Falcons. I'll try to get a guest tomorrow to get their insights into this matchup. Uh, make sure you check out the Falcons. Um, or I think it's officially the Atlanta football party Monday uh, with myself, Jarvis Davis, Tanisha Batiste, and Tori McElhaney of AtlantaFalcons.com uh, on the Locked On Sports Atlanta feed. And of course, make sure you continue to make Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. And check out Locked On NFL to hear what's going on around the rest of the NFL this very Sunday. And of course, you can find all of that as part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day.